I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. We uh, we're missing Jace. We've sent him back into the wilds to hopefully find some more stories. He's, you know, sometimes Jace you just got to send him out to be Jace to come up with more fantastical tales. Because he goes in the area, he goes in the areas where we experience what we call technical difficulties. <laughs> he does. Well, he's been doing this little treasure show, and so that puts him out in these. But you notice, whatever Jace is doing, like it's going to be the worst thing that's ever happened to any human being in the history of humanity. So it does come back with some delicious storylines, you know, for us to, you know, hear and. and Experience. Yeah, it's usually a com a com what they call it a comedy of errors. <laughs> yeah, it is. So, which he describes as I could be wrong <laughs> on the front part of his shirt, but the back of the shirt is blank. I said you need to put, but I doubt it. <laughs> why, why are we? Why do we not have a T-shirt on Phil's uh, merch page? Uh, that we need to get that T-shirt up there. That's right. I could be wrong. Yeah. But and what what does the back say, Phil? I'm, but probably not. But I doubt it. But probably. Yeah. <laughs> but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna work on that. I'm gonna work on uh, getting that on our merch store. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Philmerch.com is where we have actual merch, like like this uh, unashamed mug. Uh, Zach's got one there. Is hats, t-shirts, and stuff like that. We do sell a lot of Phil merch uh, and unashamed uh, gear, and as well as some of Dad's book stuff too. Uh, uncanceled. We got a new book uh, we're working that's going to be out sometime later this year, uh, the Jesus Resume, which we're super excited about. Uh, it is a that's the best one. It's I, a humdinger, as they say. It's that, a that's the uh, best one we put forth. Well, I feel like it's kind of it's a culmination of these of this kind of four book set that that we've been working on for what the last five years. Zach, that yeah, Zach's daddy yeah. uh, is is the one that's putting. The, has put it all together, you know. Well, he's done the last two, yeah. Where it's at least coherent to the audience. But uh, that's some great material in that book. Very, very good material. Well, if you haven't if you haven't read Dad's books, it's a great time to go back um, and go through the series um, because it, it kind of started out, because the first one came out, I think, in 16, and it really kind of laid out just kind of a look at kind of what's going on in our, yep. in our culture and kind of the lies that the evil one has kind of shown, you know, in 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 our culture and what's going on. But I feel like it's built into this whole spiritual clarity that Jesus really is the answer to all of us. And we we deal with cultural and political issues, you know, in all the books. But you're not going to find a solution in any of that. No, it's it's, it's always going to come back to who Jesus is. And so we don't consider it to be a or the troubles of our nation. Uh, it it's uh it, it it's 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 not the trouble it's it's a spiritual fix right it's a spiritual fix you're not going to fix it with with it, with these people up there right now nope right it started with the theft of america's soul which kind of lays out the problems then went to jesus politics which was basically saying we're not going to solve this politically uncancel was the last one which means that you're not going to silence us because we have we know what the truth is and then this last one is Jesus resume, which I just feel like really pulls it together in a in a powerful way. Um, tell us a little bit about the the movie, Zach. Um, just kind of where that is, and and what's going on with that as well. 
Yeah, it's going it's going real well. We're we're in the what's called the post editing process. Um, post editing process where they're they add color to it and they put the sound in and all that. Um, and then we're shopping it right now to distributors to see how we're going to bring it out. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it, man, that's it, it. Turned out so beautiful. I can't wait for y'all to see the whole thing. Um, you know, Willie saw it, and he'll be. I think he'll be on the next podcast. Right? He will be. I'm excited. Yeah. So he he teared up. He said I was back there. He, he said I was. I had to, he had to move to the back, and then he he said he cried the whole way through it, and then heard you know the row behind him. They were weeping all the way through the movie. I think it's a just a story of hope, you know. So yeah, you can go to uh, blindmovie.com, uh, theblindmovie.com, and and we'll have all the updates and stuff. You guys put it in your email. So. Um, yeah, it's going really, really well. I can't wait for y'all to see it. But almost done with the trailer too. We're going to release that on the website. So if you want to see the trailer, go put your go put your email in, and you'll be one of the first people to get to see it. Well, I cried three times in Jesus Revolution, so I don't know. I don't know what my cry meter is going to be <laughs> on the <Yeah>. blind. <laughs> so, since it's since it's our live story, I'm sure it's going to be terrible. But uh, I just I feel like you know, and I just read somewhere that. Um, Mel Gibson's doing a uh, sequel to The Passion, to uh, yeah. about the resurrection post, and so I'm super excited about that. So it just it feels like to me that this is the season now for really well done movies about the people of God and what God is doing. So, I mean, just, I mean, I feel like the timing of what's happening. And of course we're a part of that too, Zach, and, and what God has led yeah. you and us to do. So I just feel like maybe this is, you know, this is part of the great roundup. Maybe, I don't know who knows, but it just feels like culturally we're given an alternative to what the evil one is offering out there. So just maybe, maybe that's it. The end of Romans five, it, it, he says where, where sin increases, Grace abounds all the more. Yeah. And I, that just comforts me. You know, you think about it, even in culture, I think that's true. When you see the culture falling apart and we want to be doomsday prophets, but really, I mean, in every moment in history, when, when we've had, when, when things have gotten really bad, then God has offered through grace, some kind of redemptive counter to whatever the evil is. So, right. um, yeah, I, I actually am excited about, about the future. Yeah, me too. You know? So uh, Jace is not here, but we have uh, a very special guest that I'm super excited about being on our podcast today, and uh, he's traveled a, a great way, a great distance uh, from Colorado to be here with us, our old friend Mac Owen. So uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back from that break, uh, sitting in Jace's pontification chair, there's Jace's word of the day, will be our old friend Mac Owen. So we'll introduce him to, uh, to Unashamed Nation when we get back from the break. One of the things I've always appreciated about our family is uh, we have a real commitment to life and the issue of life. Uh, Zach, you and your family have uh, been super involved in fostering uh, through the years, uh, adoption as well. I know Jill has been had a real heart for working at a children's home and been involved up there in North Carolina, and uh, as well as your, your brother as well. So, And we're the same here. Uh, Lisa and I do a lot of work on the front line uh, in abortion. Uh, supporting abortion uh, in pregnancy centers in terms of, of fighting against abortion. So uh, one of our sponsors, a group called 40 Days for Life. And so we have a heart for these guys and, and their ministry, what they're trying to do. Uh, Sean Carney, who's their CEO, is a good friend of ours. And I think he's coming up on the podcast here pretty soon. And uh, 
since Roe v. Wade was overturned, uh, these guys have been a full force. They have a million volunteers, 1,500 cities, and they've been really targeting the states where abortion is still legal, especially stepping up their, their prayer vigils. They have these 40-day prayer vigils where they go in and pray and just pray for women uh, to make choices uh, to save babies. And they've been able to uh, help save over 23,000 babies and help convert over 250 abortion workers, which is fantastic. Uh, most of those have been focused in these states, um, you know, where abortion is legal. 132 abortion facilities closed. Most of those were in liberal states. So check out what these guys are doing, their locations. Uh, maybe you can volunteer, be a part of what they're doing, uh, join their prayer teams, check out their podcast. And also they have a free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. Stay updated on how we can end abortion in a post-Roe America. That's 40daysforlife.com, 40daysforlife.com. All righty, welcome back to Unashamed. Got our old friend Mac Owen. Welcome, Mac, to Unashamed. Glad to be here today. So, Mac, we've mentioned your name so many times. It's funny because there are certain people that get brought up a lot on this podcast, and you're one of them. And so I'll get random emails from time to time. They're like, who is this Mac Owen you keep talking about? You know, And so I'm just like, you, you got to get him on. And so another one is uh, is Dane Jennings. Somebody said, are y'all ever going to have Dane Jennings on the podcast? Burley. <laughs> Burley, that's yeah, exactly right. right. I said, well, I don't know. We're, we're probably going to have Mac on before we have Burley, but you know, maybe one day. But anyway, we're glad to have you on. So we, we go back a long way uh, with Mac and um, a long history, I guess we should say, uh, here in West Monroe. So Mac was, um, I mean, you grew up here. Right. When, when, did, you, when did you first come to West Monroe? Uh, well, I was 14 years old. My dad had got out of the military and wanted to go to a school of biblical studies. Okay, so it was more. It, all right, at so our seminary, basically. So right. he came here, and I was 14, and it's one of them things where I did not want to make that move. I did not want to be here. Right. But this is where I found Jesus after a long road of living like a heathen. But I found Jesus here, so I'm so glad my dad made the move here. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and you found your wife here. Found my wife here. We're still married, 46 years, you know. Awesome. So, Mary's great. And uh, so you were, I guess, I was trying to think of the best place to start telling our story because we have so many intertwined moments. But, you know, I, I was thinking years ago when we were, I was doing an interview uh, with a a magazine about our church. And uh, at this time, I think, I don't know if I was, I guess maybe I was preaching then. And so they were doing the story about the church, but Celebrate Recovery had taken off, you know, and it was and, and was doing great. And I'll never forget this reporter asked me the question. She said, "Is do, do you feel like Celebrate Recovery has, has really opened up your church uh, to make it, you know, what it is to be so open now to people. And I said, no, I think our church was open enough to to be ready for a thing like Celebrate Recovery. Right. And I said, uh, and she looked at me kind of funny, and I said, and the reason I think our church was open enough for something like Celebrate Recovery is because of a certain couple, and particularly a man named Mac Owen, that, you know, became so broken that he just, you know, opened himself up and said, I have nowhere else to go, you know? And so it was interesting because, and then of course, I think she wound up talking to you too, but it was, he, he announced that publicly. 
He did. On a mic. He did. And yeah, he, and I will say it was pretty quiet in there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so so tell that story because I feel like I feel like, you know, that your your story um that day really changed helped begin to change our culture as a church. I think Lisa and I were a, a second part of that. And 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 our stories are so intertwined in that. But it really has helped us be who we are today as being a church. The, the, it, our reputation is the church that will take anybody, which I love because we, I like being that place. That's you know? right. I like being that place too. <laughs> so tell a little, bit, tell our audience a little bit about that because it really is amazing, you know, the story, kind of what got you there. And, and, and well, well, what's amazing to me is that as I look over the years that I'm continually impacted by the fact that God uses broken people to advance his kingdom. How long from your initial uh, confession, public confession to the church, how long, how many years has that been from then to now? 35 years. You just yeah. got your 35. Chill. Yeah, just February 22nd was Man. 35 years. Yeah. Well, has that gone fast or what? Ooh, has it has it for me. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, actually for me, it was one Sunday morning. I'd been awake for a week because I was using that uh, methamphetamines. And so I was staying up all the time. And so I'd been awake for a week. I came in on a Sunday morning just to go to bed and get some rest. And our youngest daughter, Callie, at the time was about four years old, came into the bedroom and looked at me laying in the bed while her and her mama are getting ready to go to church. And she said, how come daddy doesn't go to church with us anymore? How come daddy doesn't do anything with us? And, you know, I pretended to be asleep, but I heard every word she said that morning. And through her words, God really broke my heart. And so they went to church and I just... Man, I just felt like the world crashing in on me. So Mary got home that afternoon, and I'd written up some stuff uh, that I'd been doing. I said, here, this is what I've been doing. If you want to stay with me, I want to make this work. So she was unaware. Probably she knew something was going on, but she was not. Of the majority. Well-versed. Yeah. You know, and she knew I was smoking dope and drinking and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, that was pretty much culture then, you know. But she didn't know about the math and all that stuff. And so she said, look, I want to make this work. And she said, will you talk to the preacher, Ray Melton at the time? I said, I'll talk to Ray. And I said, I'll talk to Ray because interestingly enough, he had been coming to my cabinet shop for years and he'd get me to build stuff for him. And I found out later it was stuff he didn't even need. He was taking and sell it. You know, I mean, he was just trying to build a relationship. Because yep. that's the kind of shepherd he was. Right. He was a relationship guy. Right. And he saw something in you, a potential. Right. And he didn't know exactly what was going on, but I think he knew instinctively something. something. Yeah. And he kind of did the same thing with dad because we weren't even at White Street Road at the time, but he started coming out here. So shortly after the the public uh, repentance speech that he gave, uh, you know, he said something about to me. Because, you know, I didn't know him, you know, I just would see him come around, you know, but I didn't know that he just, just started meeting, and I didn't know his story until I heard it that night. Well, we hadn't even gotten back yet. And yeah, he I mean, told me, he said, you know, I need to sit in with y'all. Y'all have Bible studies. I said, every week, it's just come, they come and go. He said, well, I need to be in on that. Well, I'd, I thought, well, oh, boy, you know, he'd, he'd be all right. But, <laughs> yeah. But after about a week or two, he said, hey. I said, I need to sit in with y'all. When are we having a Bible study? <laughs> so he, for one year, 
every Bible study. He was your scribe. Owens was there. I told him, K. I said, now it's going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I I wanted to go back uh, to to the night itself because – it was a, it was a Sunday night. We still met. I mean, I remember it so clearly. Is it you know some things that happen at your church or such a watershed event you never forget them. And this is one of those nights for me. We had just started coming back to White's Ferry Road. We hadn't been back long. You know, we had been dad and mom had started a little church out here. Yeah, Ray had sort of recruited us. We'd had you know Ray the old country preacher, old country preacher kind of. Mm. So we started coming back to WFR again. Best move we ever made. And we were coming to that same school your dad went to as well. Jason and I were going to school. And, in fact, Mac, you wound up later once you got your life straightened out. Uh, I worked for you for a little while yeah. when I was a student. and you. Oh, and- hey, by the way, all the boys did except for Jace. Really? Jace is the only one that didn't work there. Well, you're blessed by that. You dodged the bullet. Yeah, Jephthah, Jephthah. <laughs> he worked for me for a while, but I got him out sleeping out there. Well, he's supposed to be stacking wood. There was, there was three of them, and I said, now, I got out there and said, what are you boys doing? They said, well, you know, there's three of us. We thought we'd just take yeah. turns working. Yeah. I said. <laughs> yeah. Well, trust That's me. That's a whole nother story. Trust me. You got the cream of the crop when you got the oldest one. I can tell you that right now. But uh, so that night. When when you came forward, of course, and I, I need to tell this part of it because your wife Mary, her dad is one of the founders of our church. He's an elder there, um, you know, very respected. I mean, has you know a, a big footprint into into the you know spiritual world, and you know had a songbook company and a publishing company and all this stuff. So it was a big deal that his the the family you were in, you know, as well as your own dad. He passed on. Be with the Lord, let's see, about how many years it's once been... you gave the speech? It was about 10, maybe? Yeah, after I, uh, well, no, it was about, uh, actually about 15. Yeah, about yeah. 15. 15. And we been... got to serve as elders together. Yeah, which and, is and it's good. been probably All three of us. 20 they years since then. Yeah, but he kept a good head about him being his daughter married to you, you know. He's, so that uh, night, Matt, so you, you came you came forward, um, and and so... Because Ray yeah. said, you know, uh, you might want to come to church tonight because there's a church family I know that will love you. I wasn't sure about that, by the yeah. way. But I trusted him in that moment. I said, okay, I'll come. And I, and so I just hit the aisle that night, and I just went in and said, look, I'm a drug addict. I need help. And I told him what I've been doing, and I totally expected the church to say, you know, we just don't need your kind around here. But that's not what they said, and that was that was the that was the watershed moment for me, when they said, "You're our first drug addict. We don't know what to do with you. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but we want you to keep coming back." And then you, I don't know if you remember Barbara Key. She was here, and she came up to me, and she goes, "I think you need to go to AA." And I said, "Is that like a car club?" She goes, "No, that's AAA. You need AA, Alcoholics Anonymous." <laughs> <laughs> so the church at that time didn't know what to do with me, but they sent me to AA. Now, irony of ironies, AA sent me back to the church. Yeah. yeah. They were, we're not sure what to yeah. do with you either. They, they didn't no. know what to do with me. <laughs> so so what I love about it is you you knew enough about yourself and cuz you went to you went to and I'm telling your story but I've heard it so much That's okay. uh you went to rehab but you did so well they let you out early yeah they, <laughs> yeah well at first they said you know only one we were in a group one day they said only one out of 20 of you will make it and there was 20 of us in there That's encouraging Yeah I know right I said wow boy oh, my, where's the get one that speech from uh, so I looked around the room and I just said I, I hate to say this but 
that would be me. You know, I'm going to be the one that makes it out of this because here's why. You know, I still have this at home. One Sunday morning, Ray got up there and said, we're going to write a lovegram to Mac Owens. He said, I want you to write. Look, I got 700 letters and cards when I was in there in that hospital from this church family. I would say that would help. Yeah. Oh, well, hey, I, you know, nobody else was getting cards. Yep. So I would pass mine around to everybody in group and they'd read my cards. <laughs> you know, you were encouraging them through your encouragement. Right. So I'm super excited about um, one of our new sponsors for the podcast, um, Mighty Oaks Foundation. We had uh, Chad Robichaux on our podcast uh, a few months back. And Chad uh, was, I don't know, just. Quality human being. Oh, man. Just one of the best people we've ever met. Uh, it recently wrote a book called Saving Aziz. And so he was on to talk about his book. But once he started telling us about Mighty Oaks and what he does, we were just like, man, this guy. Oh, we became friends. I mean, we took him duck hunting. And you get to know someone two or three days on a duck blind. Yeah. And his son, I think, came with him. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Him, which is part of the organization as well. And so. Um, anyway, these guys reached out to us about, you know, being uh, supporters of our podcast, which we love. And so, uh, Mighty Oaks, which he talked a little bit on the podcast, but it's a fantastic organization. And, and basically what they're trying to do through the, uh, foundation, uh, some of their goals are to eliminate suicide in the military and first responders. Chad talked about his own, um, you know, heart towards suicide and how his wife had helped thwart that. And so he has a heart for that. Obviously, those rates are super high. And so they work to help uh, these guys get through that. Also break the cycle of divorce for military and also first responders, as well as help families, to, uh, just everyday trials that go on to serve their community. So they have a lot of goals uh, that they help guys get through. And all this is done through scholarship funds. And that's really what this is about. So, uh, Everything you can do to go there and help these guys, you're doing to help them to be able to help veterans, but also. I mean, if we can't help these people, these are our warriors. That's right. Heroes giving their life and sacrifice for us. This is a no brainer. And a lot of you guys have asked us, how do we support the podcast? How do we help you guys? Because, you know, we don't ask you for a lot ourselves, but this is a great group to help. And so we, we want you to help these guys. So consider giving to a scholarship fund by sponsoring a warrior for $3,500. So you can give 25, 50, a hundred bucks, whatever you can afford to give will help these guys out. Help us reach those who are struggling with the effects of trauma leading to restoration, hope and purpose moving forward. Donate now or go to mightyoaksprograms.org slash unashamed for more information on their program. So you can check those guys out mightyoaksprograms.org slash unashamed. Even the smallest amount makes a big difference in these warriors' lives, so check them out. I got a question for you, Max. So the night you you went down the front, because I've heard this story too a lot, um, <laughs> but I wasn't, on, I wasn't on the scene when it happened, so uh, I always heard like kind of like these legends, you know, f- for guys my age hearing about this, but is am I right in saying that was the first time in the church that the that they came down and surrounded you and Mary as you went down front? Yeah, the whole church that night came down front, and like I said, when I I really thought they would tell me not to come back, they came down there, surrounded us, cried with us, and made it very clear that not only could we come back, but they wanted us to come back. Which was, which the, I mean, you got to keep in mind, I mean, we grew up in the Church of Christ, which uh, the, the, we just didn't do that. I mean, I, I'd never been in a church 
you know, the first time when I came back to White's Ferry Road, because my parents met there and all of our stores collide a lot. But in the in the 90s, when I came and moved to, to back to West Monroe and the first time I, I came to church, I mean, it was like overwhelming to see people walk the aisle. They would go confess whatever they were dealing with in front of the church. And then, you know, tens, 20, 30, 50, 100 people would get up lay hands on them and surround them. I, I'd never seen that in a church of Christ before. Well, and that's, so, I mean, that, that must have That's what happened the the Sunday that I got back from going to rehab because they did let me out after 19 days. It was supposed to be 30. They said, we can't do anything for you anymore because you got such a support from this church family. But the next Sunday when I got back, somebody went forward and in the in our church culture, basically somebody would go down forward and they would sit down there alone and we would just look at the back of their head. You know, but that Sunday I said, you know, I'm going down there to be with that person. And Mary looked over at me. She goes, do you know them? I said, no, I don't know them, but I don't want anybody going down there and sitting alone. So Mac and Mary started a. You were you were fulfilling the text that the Apostle Paul told a group at Rome. You know, he said, you know, in view of God's mercy, you know. In view of God's mercy, live a life, you know, of godliness, whatever. Amen. Amen. So what happened is they their first response, and then what Matt described them doing out of their own merciful heart, started a tradition that still goes on to this day, that at Weiss Ferry Road, we never respond alone. And so we still say that to this day. We say that, and the other thing we say is uh, welcome home, because mm-hmm. it's a place you can come home, and that's what Mac did. And Lisa and I experienced much the same thing. Now, what's interesting, so Mac, after the AA sent him back to us, uh, decided he did started doing research, because obviously you had a heart of wanting to help other people overcome. So you started uh, Overcomers. Right. Uh, so tell a little bit about that yeah. and, and how long you did that. And and, and it was very successful in what yeah. – it was really our first – it was our in our community, probably in our in our region. It was the first really outside of AA, our, our first uh, overcoming-type group right. uh, th- through a church. It was our outreach to the community. We had great outreach to the world, but not really to the community, right. especially the people that were really hurting. And so I did some research. I found a group called Overcomers Outreach. Came back to the elders, and Mary and I were going to make our big presentation. You know, we want to invite drug addicts and alcoholics into the church. <laughs> and, you know, we go into the elders' meeting totally expecting, again, them to say, no, we don't, we don't need to do that. But I, so I laid out the whole vision. They said, that sounds pretty good. I think you guys need to start. And I was scared to death. I said, no, surely they're not going to let us do this. So I said, well, you know, they'll probably be cussing there. They said, Looked around the room. Some of them said, you know, we used to, too. Help them clean that language up. (laughs) And I said, well, they might even be smoking, because back then you could smoke, too, anywhere, you know. I said, they might be smoking. They said, well, clean up after yourself. (laughs) And I'm like, they ain't going to let us out of this. You know, so I left there, Mary and I, and they were like, the first thing that that they wanted to know, or the last thing, actually, was, when are you going to start? And they gave us a red brick building out in the parking lot that was all our own, we got to meet there, and we met for 14 years in that building and became the largest local outreach in our church. Yep. And it was so cool because people that I believe Jesus would have hung out with, the very the worst of the worst were coming to know Jesus through that ministry. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and to this day, it's still going. They're still going. Well, yeah, and I was in there the other night, and there was like 500-plus people in there, and it started out with just a couple of us. 
It's grown a little bit, hasn't it, Mac? Yeah, it has grown just a little bit. <laughs> well, that was a, that was an interesting story. So, so we transitioned uh, yet again because I think it was Johnny, your brother-in-law, that had heard about this new ministry called Celebrate Recovery that had started out at Saddleback in California. And so, you know, you guys were successful in what you were doing, and I guess like everything else, you kind of get into a a, a, a successful and, and comfortable ministry, but then somebody comes in and challenges you with a new idea. Well, they did. And, and the cool thing about it was I'd always thought that this could help more people than just drug addicts or alcoholics right. because really it was based on the Beatitudes of Jesus. Right. And so Johnny comes home with his ministry, my brother-in-law, and gives me a starter kit complete with cassette tapes. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Whoever came up with these things, man, they're the worst invention in the world, cassette tapes. But anyway, I said, Johnny, thank you so much. And I put that starter kit right where it needed to go, on the top shelf where I would never have to look at it again. <laughs> or reach it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It stayed there for one year, that's right. actually. Oh, wow. And finally, uh, you know, I had a good sponsor mentor in, in Tommy Powell yep. who would challenge me. And he said, you know, you really ought to check that out because your thinking is contempt prior to investigation. I went, well, man, let me think about that for a little bit, you know. But what he was saying was, if you think you know everything, you're never going to learn anything. That's right. And so oh, yeah. uh, we then went out to Saddleback Church where it started. And um, It's funny because you told me, you said... Well, you, your mindset was when you went out there, you said, well, it's California. We'll go to the beach. We'll have a good time. I mean, you know, it's a good setting. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll catch a couple of uh, sessions, you know. So that was your mindset again. That was it. You still had some contempt. That's right. Until you went to the first session and then you were, or heard the yeah. first testimony, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's what it was. You know, when I heard, first of all, they said, take our material and print off as much as you want. I'm like, hold it. Is this mega church here telling me that I don't have to buy into this? And that's what they were doing. And I thought that was pretty cool that they said, here's a ministry, go use it. And so we came back to West Monroe because actually, I, you're right. I said, you know, we'll do a little bit of this conference and then we'll check out Southern California because it was August. I mean, that's a great time to it's be away from Louisiana. To, exactly. You know, it's and perfect. so we got there and we stayed till nine o'clock that night, the first day. Got there early so I could leave early. And then the next day, I got there early again because I was still going to leave early, stay till 10 o'clock that night. And I told Mary, we're stopping what we're doing, a ministry that was working, and we're going to do this. So when you guys came home, you were so excited and on fire. And so Mike and I just started um, preaching together at WFR, and, and we sat down together and prayed and dreamed, and we, we preached a series of recovery, the acrostic, and uh, we kicked off on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And uh, 2004. What, yeah, and what now is is about to, is 20 years, and it's really interesting because it's uh, the other night uh, you got your 35 year chip, which is exciting, and we're fourth generation leadership now. Right. At our celebrate recovery, and by the way, Rucker, who's one half of that leadership team now, has been on our podcast, and people loved it because he just told his story, mm. and his story uh, is woven into Duck Commander, you know, because he went to work for us when he found Christ. And so it was really, really amazing. And he's, he and Derek are now products of Celebrate Recovery and leading it. Right. And so you and I talked about that this morning uh, before we came on air, that that's the neat thing about it. And, it, and what a wonderful thing for you, Mac, to see something that, that God led you to start. And now that you're not even here participating in it daily anymore, but you're watching the fruit of that now produce its own leadership. 
which is mm. exactly what it should be doing. I mean, right. and, and what you said earlier, you said the proof's in the pudding. You know, it's 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 very. You know, it feels really good to see that you can turn something over and not have to control it. Yes. You know, that's so many times what happens with, with ministries, with businesses, with, you know, what organizations, you know, you have a it's leader. Like trying to beat repentance into someone where you just ought to give them time. Right. Give them some time. They'll come around. It's just a slow crossover from yeah. a life of sin. I lived it, you know. It, it just takes Well, that's what you taught me. Yeah. You taught me when I And the first here. time some, some women came up and gave me a bear hug after I was converted, I got outside and I said, I think this bunch is a little too lovey-dovey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm bad now than some, some, some sisters who were trying to encourage yeah. me. I said, yeah. You know, too too touchy-feely, huh? Be because you know, I, I, I kind of... Flint, I flinched because yeah, I wasn't ready for... Because you didn't exactly come from a lovey-dovey background. That is correct. So we got a brand new movie out called Nefarious. Uh, really interesting, uh, really different and unique. And our old friend Steve Deese from The Blaze is the man who brought it to us. And we have him here to tell us about it. Steve, tell us about Nefarious. Thank you, Al. Really appreciate it. Nefarious is a movie you want to see when it comes out in theaters this weekend. Essentially, what we have done is a sequel to The Screwtape Letters and applied it to modern America with an outstanding performance by Sean Patrick Flannery of Boondock Saints fame. Really, uh, an Academy Award level performance. No joke. He is incredible as our demon Nefarious, and he walks a secular atheist through the true origin of his worldview, and it'll wreck him by the end of the movie to know that he's not actually the smartest guy in the room, but he's been snookered by what we call in our show the spirit of the age. So you can get tickets, find out where a theater near you is showing it now at nefariousTickets.com. That's nefariousTickets.com. And I heard Phil saw the movie and absolutely loved it. And you know, he'd never steer you wrong. Thanks, Steve. Uh, we really encourage you guys to get out and see this film, not just because uh, Steve is one of our Blaze guys, but also. Uh, this is a faith film. This is a Christian film. Uh, it's very powerful. It tells a powerful story. Uh, the film came out April 14th, so we encourage you to get out and see it. You can get tickets at whoisnefarious.com. That's whoisnefarious.com. We really encourage you to get out and check out this film. That's when I began to get it, when I said, so Kay said, they love you. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, do you hear that old woman? She said she loved me. I said, that's the first time I ever seen her. I said, you reckon? And she said, yes, she loves you. Yeah. And I thought, this is a strange place. Yeah, yeah. Phil had contempt uh, prior to investigation on that. Uh, <laughs> that's exactly, that that's exactly right. I love it. But you know what's funny about it? I mean, you think about that moment, because I've thought about this a lot. I've talked about a lot of the implications of confessing your sin. And really, it's kind of the cornerstone of CR. I mean, it's like every time there's an introduction, it's a confession of sin. And you know, I think about what what you did, Mac, when you guys came down front on that Sunday night. It it really did instigate a a, a thirty year run, a revival at the church that I mean was transformative for so many people. I mean, it just it, I mean it was crazy. And that Al, your story is part of that too. I mean, and when I came in. In the 90s, I mean, I, I got to sit under your eldership. I mean, you pastored me. Yeah. And so did Phil. So did Al. I mean, I sat under y'all's your, leadership and learned how to do ministry. And so now I'm in North Carolina 
pastoring a church and doing what y'all taught me to do. And we just started to celebrate recovery. So it's just the implications just, wow. I mean, it's, it's the kingdom rolls you know, what's on. Cool, you know? what's, what's cool is as the growth of both of us, we were asked to become elders at the same time. Yeah, y'all went in together. We were like, I don't know about yeah. we I was like, I don't know about this, you know, this stuff. Actually, you had a line. We're sitting with all these elders. We're not elders. They're yeah. wanting us to be elders. And and we had talked before we went in there. Yeah. And we said, We don't need no title to do what we're uh, we're doing. Right. So you told Bill Smith and the rest of them, you said, um, hey, we don't need no title. Here's what he said. He said, that's good because it's not a title; it's a description. I said, mm. "All right, yeah." I was like, "Okay, we don't have no rebuttal on that one." So. Since it is biblical, <laughs> since they were appointed, and it was. I'm looking at that. That's been what year? What? How old were we even? Man, I was like 37. Yeah, and so I'm, you would have been about 47. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah, right before I was about fifty years old. So I was going back on it. I'm like, man. I was going to talk about that because that's interesting that Zach brought that up because it's in, as we sit here, we're kind of all separated by a decade in terms of age, and and we all play that role with each other. So you mentioned about coming to to this, you know, newness. And then dad was there to sort of mentor you in those early times of, yep. as you came out yep. of knowing what your role was going to be. You and Mary were there for Lisa and I when Lisa came to repentance, because I was already heavily involved in ministry, but, you know, I didn't have my, my soulmate on board yet. And so we went through that struggle. And so Lisa made that same walk that you did yep, that's right. in our church, and, and which was that second transformation, I think, for us, because we did that inside, too. You know, and so that same fishbowl, and yet, and Lisa took such a risk. You know, that day That's right. with all the same things. We went from we went from rock bottom, Owens and I both, and then we came when when they said something about eldership. Here's a trustworthy saying: If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer elder, he desires a noble task. The overseer must be here's what's outlined: must be above reproach. That's that's one thing. The husband of but one wife. Makes sense to me. Temperate, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to much wine, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money, must manage his own family well, see that his children obey him with proper respect. And if anyone does not know how to run his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not become conceited. He must have a good reputation with outsiders, so that uh, it, and they they must hold firm to the deep truths of the faith and with a clear conscience. Well, if you read the the script for elders, I've had many people tell me said, "Yeah, we don't have elders in our church," and I know why. No, but we don't have anybody like that with these accolades. But if you look at it, you say that's come a long way from. Drugs, alcohol, and you get drunk, then these are your qualities. You're like, boy, what a change. Uh, well, here's the beauty of that. The The beauty of it is when Paul said— I know in, you sleep a lot better. That's oh, for, no doubt. Sure. And, and Paul said in Colossians 1, 13 and 14, he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Jesus did that. Yep. And then he gave us redemption, the forgiveness of all our sins. And then it goes on to say that you're now without blemish, 
free from accusation, holy in my sight. I was called a lot of things in my past life. Holy wasn't one of them. I don't know about you. Yeah, uh, I know uh, about you. Yeah, I yes. fell in the outside. Uh, <laughs> right. And then he says, and were presented perfect to the Father. So when somebody says, oh, we don't have any men that, that, that meet that standard, I'm like. Many people have told me that. Yeah, well, but how does God view them? You know, I mean, the Apostle Paul was viewed as perfect when he would say, I'm the sinner among sinners. I'm the chief of sinners. You know, so sometimes we I didn't go around murdering people. And we hold the standards so high sometimes that nobody can attain. That's my point. So my point is every one of our cases, we didn't shoot the wounded. We instead we nurtured and helped God heal and then developed into leadership that became what those texts showed. Right. And that's the difference. If you don't develop that, if you don't develop that mindset, we're all sinners. But we're sinners who then God develops into leadership. This was written so people would say, I could never be that because they don't have faith well, in God. If, if you've already shot the wounded life. and moved them out, then all you're left was a bunch of people who are just hiding what they're really doing and then recognizes that I can't be a leader because of my secret life going on. So you're never going to have true you know, <laughs> authenticity. And so you have a church full of people who are hiding everything and nobody can step up and lead. Right. And we, and we all know sitting at this table today that we have not arrived. No. No. Paul said in Still Philippians growing. 1, he said in Philippians 1 that he is confident of this, that he who began a good work will carry it on to completion. Well, Jesus isn't back. That's when the completion date is. Yeah. So all three of us know, four of us know that we have work to do on ourselves still. We haven't arrived. That's, That's right. right. Exactly. Yeah. And so then to complete the cycle, Zach tells a story of when he was, you know, struggling in his own life to get there of, of, me talking to him one time on the beach, guiding him to camp. Later, Willie and others working with him to get him to repentance, you know, when he and Jeff were, you know, not living the way they were supposed to. And then God now developing him into leadership. And so that's what God does generation to generation to generation. We're still actively involved in doing that. And so our podcast audience listening, that's exactly what we're trying to inspire other people to do. And that's the active engagement. It's really interesting because – Mac, you haven't lived here in how long? Eleven years. You've been gone eleven years, man. And, and yet, I know. and yet, every time, every conversation I have with Mac and Mary picks up from the last time we talked. That's right. I mean, we have that sort of relationship, and it will always be that way because you're we're forged in iron. You know, we're forged in spiritual iron, and it's because of our experiences together. But it's also based on our mission together. And so, you know, we can we'll be apart more than likely until we get to heaven. But we'll share experiences. I can't wait. I mean, we're 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 making eternal memories, you know. That's right. And it's so cool because you know, even though we are apart, your daughter Anna, yep, comes down to K and Fields and said, "Look, Owens, he needs some more jelly." And so they round up some jelly in there, and I get my Mayhall jelly, a little slow jelly, a little, you know, blackberry jelly, and she sends me a care package. But, you know, that's what family's about. You know, even though we're apart from each other, we still are a part of each other. Yeah, I, I want to say this, because uh, Max, I know we're going to run out of time, and I want, I want to make sure I get this in before we do. Uh, Mac's story, by the way, there's a whole nother segment of that. You want to talk about a movie? I told Mac, we need to do a movie about your life story because there's a whole nother part of this we won't have time to get into today. But but Mac is now, uh, I guess, is your title 
Global Directory of Celebrate Recovery? Yeah. What, what is your title at CR? Yeah, Global Director of Celebrate Recovery. People ask me what that means. I say, I think that means I was messed up more than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> of global, of global importance. Up, so. <laughs> but, but CR, yeah, yeah. For, uh, for, it, for everybody on this podcast right now, CR has been a huge part of all of our lives because so many people we love and, and, and do life with have gone through the program. Uh, you guys are in what thirty five thousand churches? Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is an incredible ministry, and, and, I, and I mean, if people uh, don't know CR, that's Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Celebrate Recovery. And you told me something on a phone call recently that just kind of shocked me. I hope you don't. I'm going to share it anyways. And if and if uh, if you don't mind, if yeah. you get mad at me, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it anyways. That your budget for the entire ministry is. Very, very low. I've, I've never. I mean, for what you guys are offering, it's inc- it's it's incredible what how how little money you operate on, and and with that, eighty five percent of y'all's budget was cut. Right. I'm going to say this, I, and, and, and I don't even know if you want me to. I'm going to, but we. I think we need to support this ministry, and and you can do that. I looked it up. You go to celebraterecovery.com, and there's a, a a tab on there called Support CR because you guys are operating right now off of just vapors am i right yeah shoestring i mean uh we've uh, a lot of people that were making small salaries have now gone to nothing so we're ba- we're barely getting by as far as management yeah so i mean i i want to get behind this i've told mac I, you know i want to help help him raise money for for this ministry i mean it's it's uh you, so if you want to help out a lot of times you guys ask you know how you want to give money to the podcast to help with my equipment. <laughs> you know, don't worry about that. Like, give to this ministry. We we believe in this as as a family. Uh, we can speak to the character of Mac and Mary. Um, you know, Mac was the guy who was a you were a mentor for me and Mary uh, for Jill, and just we. I mean, we do ministry the way we do it. I mean, you guys are like in that circle of people that influenced us in in a profound way. So, if if you're listening and you're like, how can I help? How can I get involved? CelebrateRecovery.com. Go to the Support CR page and just and donate because they, they they're going to put that money to good use. So I wanted to talk about because it's more than just. I mean, we've obviously focused a lot on the the spiritual side of our partnership because that's the most important to all of us. But there's also a, a deep side on on hunting on all this mm. this land that we're sitting on. Uh, you know, right here in the lair. And because that goes way back as well. So if you go back to some of our audience goes way back to the old Duckman video days. Oh, yeah. It's when Max hair was kind of reddish white. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite all the way white. Because uh, you were what, 29 when you started? Uh, 29. When you started turning white. And Actually, uh, we were sitting in a duck blind out on Second Slough. And we're, it was raining, and water was hitting me right across the legs. And I was like, who built this duck blind? <laughs> and Phil said, I did. You think you can do better? I said, oh, well, I can do better, all right? <laughs> so we went on a tear. I don't know how many duck blinds we built, but we built They're a They're still bunch. over there. <laughs> we did. We forgot to mention that, that Mac is a very talented carpenter. Oh, is he? Uh, we, we left that out of your story somehow in the first part of that, that, that Mac's a builder. Uh, built almost all of our houses, those of us that uh, <laughs> had houses here. Uh, but so Mac became an integral part of our outfit here because he actually built some really great blinds, some of which we still. Yeah, hunted. I told him you ought to come back this year. You know, get in a few days. Trying to just, get him to build some more blinds. Well, there. just to get away from you know, you know, they, they, it, it is a lot of work working with people. So well, yeah. 
And that whole story about us buying that land over there, was that's a story we can't get into, I'm sure, today, but that's a pretty good story. It's a great story. It really is. Well, really, because, and we talked about this format, because when we first started hunting over here, you know, we, we couldn't, we didn't, we weren't able to, you know, it was way before the show and all that stuff. And so we were just hunting on first lease land. And, and we bought, Owens and I bought, bought little yeah. blocks, a block here, a block there, block right. there. Started with 40 it, acres. And now it's up to like like 1,600 acres. It, it's like a... Remember, we talked our wives into that, and they was like, yeah. you're going to do what? <laughs> yeah. But you know, the first time a pipeline came across there and, that, and, that, and we sold that timber to that casket company, they said... Can y'all buy some more land somewhere? Because <laughs> <laughs> Mac had the misfortune of trying to talk a Howard into buying some that's right, land. That's, that's right. not easy to do, right? So, yeah, so you guys, but Mac was able to, to help you, provide you a partner. Oh, yeah. Or you wouldn't have been able to do any of that yeah. early stuff to, to buy the first hunting land. Yeah. When he finally left, he said, well, I'm leaving, you know. We figured out, said, well, how much you got in this thing? Well, we were shucking money back and forth, you know. I mean, it's pretty, it, it, it paid off. Yeah. So it, the early yeah. part of the building of the of the brand. We've baptized people, by the way, on that property in mid the middle of winter. There's a lot of Bible studies that we've, went on. We've had people stripped naked. I said, get stripped down of where, like, you come out of your mother's womb, and we'll walk out there and move these decoys out of the way. We'll baptize you, and you'll be good to go. They're like, right now? I said, right now. Suck and, it up. and then we'll come back in the blind, and we'll eat some hot buttered biscuits. That's right. So they got mm. back in. We ate biscuits, you know. And those guys called me up later. They said, that's the greatest thing that's ever happened, but most people don't believe it. Uh, unfortunately, Mike, you know, when you left— when when you moved away and, and weren't hunting down here anymore, the the comfortable blinds they quit hunting comfortable blinds. They started hunting scaffolds, no roof. They quit eating food, hot food, any food. <laughs> so I've about quit hunting because it's not comfortable. I mean, you, when you left, <laughs> the comfort left, the comfort left with you. So I don't know what happened. So I guess I'm just going to boycott hunting until you come back. Because you, <laughs> you know, when Mac hunted, we had hot biscuits every day. I mean, Mac would cook biscuits over the fire. I mean, it was delicious. Looking which, back, which, which, was, which, which paved the way to your fatty liver disease. Well, that's um, true. Now, I, so. I said, it, fatty so liver. You can thank me. So. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Matt. And I'm having to take the fatty liver supplements because of Mac. But anyway, I was just saying the early days, the brand was sort of built on the cast of characters. And that was kind of, Stevenson was kind of our early videographer. And Mac was part of that. Well, and you know, I, I, one thing I'll say about Stevenson, I'll never forget when Jace was just like grumbling back everybody. Yeah. I can't, we can't shoot ducks. We're always filming stuff. Yeah. Well, he didn't know that Stevenson had the the recorder on. He's listening to everything, and he and Stevenson said, "Jace, you have the vision of a stick of margarine." <laughs> <laughs> which, which I would say still lives on today. So you mentioned so you mentioned that me and Willie and Jeff all work for you, everybody but Jace. So we know I was a model employee, and we just and we talked about Jeff. We talked about Jeff sleeping. What about Willie? What kind of worker was he? Because I'm I'm curious. Willie was the kind. Of, look, I'll just tell uh, one story on him. He would continue. I, back in those days, I dipped Copenhagen. Yeah, I'm Copenhagen free now, but whatever. I don't care if you dip or not. Whatever. So anyway, he would get my Copenhagen cans. He'd put live things in them, like lizards and bugs. <laughs> and I'd open my can, and stuff would fly out. Well, one day we killed a copperhead snake, and and he was working with me outside, and we was it was a corner of a building. I was on this corner. He was on the other. And I saw that snake, and I picked that snake up. It was dead, 
But I said, Willie, come over here. And he comes around that corner. About that time, I just took that thing and, whoa, and wrapped it around his neck about three times. You ain't never seen somebody try to get out of a snake so bad in all your life. <laughs> but one, once it's wrapped around your neck, it's not a lot you can do, is it? <laughs> now, what about, good. didn't Willie, uh, wasn't there a post? Uh, hole. Oh, the post hole story is at that same place we was working outside, and and uh, I told him all you have to do. I'm gonna dig the holes with a tractor. You just gotta clean them out. Well, Willie's always had a flair for drama, <laughs> so he's uh, with the post hole. He's just not cleaning them out. He's dancing and doing all kinds of stuff, and he's throwing the post hole diggers down in the hole. And well, one time he throws them down, and he follows through with his head, and it hit a root. Ooh. And that thing, that post hole handle hit him right in the eye, and he just got knocked him smooth out. Well, my brother and him had been bickering all morning. My brother's standing over him. I'm like, David has done God enough and just beat the fire out of him. I got off that tractor and said, what'd you do to him? He said, he did it to himself. He didn't do it. And so I told him in my wisdom, I said, do you need to go to the hospital? And he wouldn't answer me. I said, well, go over and lay on that lumber until you tell me you need to go to the hospital. We're not going. <laughs> So you would have made a good Robertson. I know. I thought of some of those stories. So anyway, he stayed there all day. I took him home that night. We're on our way home. All he's got on is those little bike gym shorts, you know, that these were, I mean, a little short thing. I thought, no, he's got a a t-shirt tied around his head. He's hanging out the window. All of a sudden he said, stop the truck. I'm like, what's up, the drug? And we pulled in, and they were having, it was at a little Baptist church, and they was having a Friday evening hamburger supper. And he, we get within 30 feet of him. He gets out of the truck, looks at him, and just starts, Whoa, just throwing up. And I was like, get in the truck, because they're all coming towards us now. I'm like, get in the truck. And we drove off. Later on, Kay called me. Miss Kay called me that night. She goes, well, I took Willie to the hospital. He's got quite a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, if he would have just told me he needed to go to the hospital, I would have took him. So Willie was your dramatic Robertson worker. Yeah, he was my dramatic. Just just for just for full disclosure, I had to Willie just walked in so off camera, so I, Be careful, Santa Claus, because I got this mic later. So be careful. <laughs> so <laughs> Willie's gonna be on the next podcast, so we'll get his uh, response later. Uh, but I had to, I had to get a couple of those stories. Then we'll have Mac on the podcast. So, uh, but Mac, man, what a what a pleasure. We we have overtime segment, and so I wanted to talk a little bit in the overtime about your sermon yesterday because I knew we'd run out of time, but it was so good. Uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about that in overtime. If you'll stay over with us, but it's been a pleasure having you on the Unashamed Podcast, and you're welcome anytime. Well, thank Love you, brother. Being here, it's family. Family, there you go. So uh, we'll see you in the overtime. BlazeTV.com/slash Unashamed if you want to follow us over. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes, and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.